can't get enough of the podcast? Lucky for you, our video IQ platform on adorebeauty.com.au houses thousands of articles on skincare, makeup, hair care, and more. Plus, you can find a heap of video tutorials, ingredient spotlights, and brand breakdowns on our YouTube channel. Just click on Beauty IQ in the menu bar of the website or app or search Adore Beauty on YouTube for more beauty content. Welcome everybody to Beauty IQ, the podcast. I'm your host, Joanna Fleming. And I am your co-host, Hannah First. So Hannah, after the episode that you did with the guys from the Housewarming podcast, is that what it's called? A Housewarming podcast? Yep, yeah. It's a bonus episode you can go and listen to if you haven't. We had uh, Grace right in our Facebook group, <laughs> a very funny comment that I wanted to share with you. I haven't okay. read it because I want to hear it for the first time. <laughs> okay. So we asked in there like if you ever had your housemates like use your products or like do they share your things without you knowing and she said not sure if this counts but I was in the UK visiting my friend who moved there her and her two other housemates all shared a towel oh. they would put it in the washing machine to wash but no one ever actually turned the machine on and when someone else went to shower they would go and grab it out of the machine which was unwashed and damp from the previous user and then the same with the kitchen tea towels what? and so she ended up buying the new towels and tea towels because she didn't want to share the towels but that doesn't even make sense they just were too busy passing Partying that they didn't oh, want to spend money okay. on towels. And so they just had the one communal towel, which is absolutely disgusting. <laughs> so bad. Like the amount of bacteria that's going sharing between genitals. Like if you want to share a towel <laughs> and, you know, you're budgeting, wash it. Wash it, chuck it in the dryer, get it out, next person can use it. I wouldn't even share my boyfriend's towel. Like I <laughs> Neither. And he won't share. Like I think... We were staying somewhere and I was like, oh, just uh, I accidentally used your towel just to use my towel. And he was like, I'm going to go get a new towel. Like, yes. <laughs> There's just something about it. It's probably not yeah. even that gross if your partner's and you're sharing one occasionally. But If you're having sex with yeah. your partner, sharing a towel is <laughs> the least of your worries. When you're <laughs> 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 like this, yeah. If you're kissing and like sharing mouth bacteria, I really, I don't know why we're weird about sharing towels. I think because you know the smell of a dirty towel and so I think that probably yeah you do you know when you you're drying yourself with someone else's towel you can kind of smell their scent yeah and it's just a bit off-putting the thought of sharing with housemates I cannot I can't even entertain that in my mind but thanks Grace for sharing that with us it's uh not something that I would want to share with housemates I actually was quite generous when I lived with Hattie she would use a fair few things of mine Mm. and not towels, but, yeah. you know, she'd come and borrow my fake tan and things like that, which I don't care about. I'm happy to share that stuff. Well, I did share on that episode that I think you've shared about this before where you're in the bathroom and you've got your special like body wash or your special yes. face wash that you don't use all the time and it's half empty. So I actually did encounter that mm. with my molten brown. And I go into the bathroom one day and I, I look at it and I'm like, why is this half empty and then I said to Nick I was like are you using that for every wash and he was like yeah I love it it smells so good (laughs) (laughs) I'm like yeah it should it's bougie enough anyway I did actually gift that to him because that's lovely of you he clearly loved it more than I than I yeah I would recommend if you're sharing a bathroom with a housemate just 
when you first move in, just lay it out on the table and say, this you can borrow if you like. This is an absolute no. Do not go anywhere near this. Because occasionally I think they just use things thinking, oh, it's just from the supermarket. I'll just get another one next time. Can you imagine if you had to share a bathroom with a housemate and you had your like, they didn't know and you had like skin suitable C for Rulik oh and they... God. That's like actually like a felony. That's not steal. Yeah. Like, that's like a felony to steal <laughs> someone's serum. Okay. Anyway, Hannah, what's on today's episode? So on today's cringy, I'm going to tell you all about the ice baths that I had over in Thailand. Oh, okay. Interested to hear about this. We've got Sadar from the content team joining us to talk about the best concealers for dark circles and of course the products we didn't know we needed. Ice baths, Hannah. I really enjoyed your video content while you were in Thailand getting your Thanks. ice baths. Okay. You're very vocal. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. I screamed, but I went to go get another tattoo removal yesterday. I was at Vic Dermal Group and it wasn't Daria who did my first one. Okay. It was someone different. And I said, oh, does anyone ever scream? And she goes, I've never had anyone scream. And I was like, oh. Apart from you. <laughs> and I did, I did scream. So I think I have a low pain threshold as I've spoken about on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> And ice baths are, I would say, it's very painful. Now, you would remember, Joe. we actually did cryotherapy, which is a little bit different because it's kind of a dry. Yeah. Uh, it's like a dry cold. Yes. Dry ice. I found that I got a bit of a headache after that. Did you get a headache that day? No, but I found that one that was probably a lot colder than an ice bath. Yeah. But I think that they said that liquid is actually more painful. Yes. It's a different feeling versus going into cold air. So I actually felt like I got in and I felt like Leonardo DiCaprio in Titanic, you know, or Come he. Back. <laughs> Well, actually, when he describes getting into the lake, like the frozen lake, and he said it's like a thousand knives on your skin, I might be over-exaggerating a little bit. But anyway. I think it was an ocean, by the way. No, he talked about a lake that he went to. Oh, to film. Yes. Okay. Sorry. No, 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 no. (laughs) don't know what's going on, Joe. Have you seen? (laughs) Yeah, I was like, you could have explained that. I was like. Do you realize it was in the ocean? On Titanic, Kate Winslet, Rose, is about to f- jump over the edge and he says it looks really cold or yes. whatever he says. Yeah. <laughs> Doing this verbatim. And he says it reminded him of when he, anyway, just forget about that. I remember when we spoke to Luke Cook, he was telling us he has an ice like a plunge pool, like an ice bath at home. So at the fitness retreat that I was in in Thailand, they actually had three ice baths, like all built in. And they would just like mm-hmm. add water and add ice. And anytime that you felt like it, like after a really hard workout, you could just jump in the ice bath. But I didn't really know much about it. So I've done a little, I've read Cleveland Clinic actually had a really good article. They spoke to a sports medicine physician Dominic King, Dr. King, and he said you can actually create an ice bath at home. And I actually think we should record you doing this. You can fill (laughs) your bathtub halfway with cold water and then add three large bags of ice. Okay. So go down to the servo. Into the tub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, he says the water should be no colder than 11 degrees Celsius. Oh, what? That's not even that cold. Oh, it is. Yes, it is. Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. I remember I went into the lake in New Zealand in winter, and I'm pretty sure that was 13 degrees. I asked them and they said, it was 
freezing. Okay. Really cold. I mean, we probably could just go into the ocean in Melbourne in winter or any time, really, and it's probably 11 degrees. Yeah, probably. It probably is. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, but if you're new to ice baths, he recommends starting um, at around 20 degrees. I don't know how you would do that in your own bath, but anyway. 20 degrees would just be cold water, wouldn't it? That's not icy. Yeah, you, uh, you can probably just have a cold bath, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> One thing before you start going to do ice baths, you should probably, if you've got any like health conditions, you need to check with your doctor beforehand, particularly things like heart conditions. So definitely check first before doing an ice bath. The thing that I found really interesting when I did some research in this Cleveland Clinic article was that there was a small study in 2017 that showed that ice baths may not be as beneficial as once thought, but it was a very, very small study. So I've read stuff online that said like it was like 80 people or something like that. But actually Mm. many medical professionals, especially those who work with serious athletes, still like consider them really useful. And a 2021 study of college soccer players showed that cold water immersion therapy promotes basic post-sport recovery. I have heard that it's good for sports recovery and obviously ice injuries. So that makes sense. Yeah, so it's meant to, I think one of the most beneficial parts of it is that it kind of eases sore muscles. Mm -hmm. So the cold water constricts your blood vessels, which slows blood flow and relieves some of the swelling and soreness. That is according to that article. Mm -hmm. From my anecdotal evidence, to be honest with you, I can't really give much evidence because I probably only stayed in for 30 seconds. Okay. And it says in this article that the (laughs) the optimal time you should spend in an ice bath is start with five minutes and max out at 10. That's a long time. That's a, How long did Nick stay in there when he did it? He was doing three minutes, which is pretty good. Okay, that's pretty good. Yeah, so he was working his way up. He actually put his head in as well. Like, I don't know if you meant to do okay. that, but anyway. <laughs> I probably stayed in for 30 seconds. Like, I think one time I probably stayed in 10 seconds. So I highly doubt yeah. that that's like beneficial for sore muscles. It's just probably not long enough. Yeah. I just did it for the content, obviously. Mm -hmm. The other thing that I did find this, it reduces your core body temperature. So like in Thailand, it's so hot when you're working Mm -hmm. out in the heat. That would be such a relief. Oh, I told my mum about it because she's really struggling with her like menopausal hot flushes at the moment. And she was even, she's like, maybe I should install a ice bath. She should just get one of those little, yeah, ones. She can put it in her shower. (laughs) I think she would, yeah, I think she said she really liked the sound of that. So I think it would definitely help to like reducing the heat in your body. The other thing that people do use it for, I don't know what the science is behind this, but and definitely the Canadian did it for this, was like it's mental meditation, Dr. King says in this article. So we did like a breath work class and then did an ice bath. And so it's all about breathing Mm -hmm. and about like sort of mental strength and like pushing yourself. So I think people do do it for that reason as well. I think Luke Cook might have mentioned that there's a specific like chemical that gets released in your brain. When you plunge into the cold because the of the pain way- receptors in your brain. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure if we listened back to that episode, I think he says something about it's good for like it promotes happy chemicals in your brain. Yeah, I did do one 
that wasn't as cold. They didn't use as much ice. And I think I did stay in for three minutes that time. You basically, you get in and you're you're like, (gasps) and you're like screaming and then you have to start breathing and then you kind of like overcome the hurdle Mm -hmm. and you start to feel okay. So I do think there's, it has that kind of like meditative effect. That was like us at cryotherapy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got into that room and we were both panicking. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I think that's another one. Another benefit on that. Dr. King from this Cleveland Clinic article said that it may help you sleep better, although those benefits are mostly anecdotal. There's not much research into that. And the last one on here was decreasing inflammation, which you would assume, like you think about your skincare and people use those cold spoons or they use like cold cucumber. People are dunking their faces in ice water these days. That's obviously to decrease the inflammation and swelling yeah yeah so you can imagine if you put your Mm -hmm. whole body into an ice bath that's how it would feel but overall it is I I mean I wouldn't take my word for how painful it is because I am like sensitive to pain I'd really recommend going to try it for yourself I think you should post one of your videos from the ice bath oh yeah let everyone see that and then they can make their mind up Keeping in mind that Hannah has a very low pain threshold. (laughs) But the difference was like me and the Canadian got in at the same time and I'm like, (gasps) and like someone's trying to calm me down. And he's fully calm and stone-faced. So I think like he's probably more representative of how most people react. Mm. So yeah, that's all about ice baths. So we have our gal Sadaf back with us today. Hello. Welcome back. <laughs> You've been all over the bonus episodes, but we haven't chatted to you on here in a while, although I do chat to you most days. <laughs> so today we're talking about dark circles. Now I know, Sadaf, you've written a couple of articles about your experience with dark circles, and I went and had a look at the International Journal of Dermatology, and that states that there are four types of dark circles. There's pigmented, there's vascular, there's structural, and then there's like a mix of those three types all together. Yes. So you've written a couple of articles, but for those who haven't seen that content, can you elaborate a little bit on your experience? First and foremost, it's important to say I love and embrace my dark circles. Mm -hmm. They are genetic, so... (laughs) unfortunately, or for whatever, fortunately, I'm stuck with them. <laughs> it did take me a while to get there. You know, we all have our little hangups and my dark circles, because they are genetic, was something that took me a while to, you know, get used to when growing up, you have like jerk ex-boyfriends or whoever will make a comment. But mm. I'm quite passionate about this kind of content because I think if there was more of this stuff out when I was like looking for things that could help mask or blur them, it would have been so life-changing for me. And I know it sounds like surface value because it's like makeup or eye creams, but for people like me who have genetic dark under eye circles, they're like everything to us. Mm-hmm. There's no serum or magic eye cream that's going to make them disappear. But there are things like concealers that are saving grace products for people like me. So eye creams are great to still have because they help with dryness and they can brighten the under eye area or make it look less tired, which is really important because when your eyes, under eyes are dry or you're fatigued, they can make your dark circles appear darker. So I still have eye creams handy and I know they're a controversial product and some people think they don't need them. I love an eye cream. Yeah. Do you, Hannah? 
I'll be honest, it's the one step I pretty much forget every day. Yeah. It's just that extra, extra step. Look, it's not an absolute necessary step. If you want to have it, it's nice to have. Yeah, exactly. But it, it can't hurt for people like me. I do actually also get dry under eyes, so it's good mm-hmm. to have one. But yeah, yeah, I would say more than an eye cream, like concealers are the MVP of my makeup routine and help with masking my genetic dark circles. Cool. Mm-hmm. How did you go about finding the right under eye concealer for dark circles? For me, I look for some key things, which these again are like anecdotal, but I feel like across the board, if you do have genetic dark circles and look a lot of people do but they're quite prominent in south asian women as well i found that these things help with those kinds of skin tones so for me personally they need to be heavy duty like full coverage brightening and by brightening i don't want to get in trouble i mean as in like they even out and Mm -hmm. you know make you look a bit more luminous if they contain caffeine or moisturizing skincare ingredients even better like the formulas now are quite advanced and they're so much better than they used to be. So a lot of them will have like skin love ingredients in the formulas. So that's mainly what I look for. And yeah, I'm so glad so many brands have diversified their shade ranges. So people like me who concealers are so important to can properly shade match. That's why I'm so passionate about it because a few years ago that wasn't really the case. Mm. When I worked in fashion, if I was privy to like how many great concealers are like even on our site in different shades oh it would have been like a game changer for me Mm. do you have I don't really use full coverage concealer but do you have a few favorites I have used that it cosmetics one I was gonna say that's my number one to cover my tattoo remember I will use that under my eyes I've got more vascular dark circles as in my skin's so translucent underneath my eyes it that is. they're purple as opposed to yours being more pigmented Sadaf. She looks like a fetus. Yeah, it, I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's in a good way. Yeah. You look like a fetus in a yeah. good way. What are your favourite full coverage concealers? So I had this for the end, but let's go through this now. I love it. Yeah. So these are the ones I did for the article you're talking about, Joe. And I'm hoping mm. to actually make this a series because there are so many great ones I want to tell people about, and I really hope this helps. But for this first article, I did actually try the It Cosmetics Controversial. I didn't love it. Oh. It's good for full coverage. So some other like olive skin tone or people with genetic dark circles might like it if they are going to like an evening event or somewhere where they need it to last all day. For me, it was a little too heavy. It's very thick. It's very thick. I'm not like a super thick makeup person anyway. I quite Mm -hmm. like the, you know, no makeup makeup look. So my all-time favourite that I never shut up about is the Clinique one. It's the even better all-over eraser and concealer. Mm -hmm. I've probably watched that name, but I've done an article about it on Video IQ, so you can track that down. We'll put that in the episode notes so people can read it. Great. So that is like a creamy consistency but not heavy or cakey. It's brightening, it's illuminating, and it has caffeine, so it energizes. I've told so many people about it, and most people I've told about it haven't been disappointed. I've seen the images from that article, and they're very powerful as well because it doesn't look like you're wearing any product on your skin. It looks very natural. Yeah, that's the thing. I Mm. also love it because of that. It blends into my skin tone really Mm. well. So some days, I think I got this tip from you, Joe. is that like I just, if I can't be bothered, I don't have time to do a full face of makeup, I'll just wear that one as my whole makeup 
thing that does the job. Actually, the Makeup Forever one, which is quite popular, but I'd never tried because I was a bit apprehensive about matte concealers because for me, they dry tend to dry down a little bit more dull. So then mm -hmm. after a few hours, my dark circles show through again. But this Makeup Forever, I think it's the Velvet Matte, is ah. really, really good. It didn't dry down dull. It was matte, but not like drab. Like it was still quite brightening under the eye area. And it was long wearing. Like I popped it on the morning to write the article and at like 6 p.m. it was still on and it was really, really good. So I mm. highly recommend that one. I just realized my concealer is actually medium to full coverage. I didn't realize. Which concealer is <laughs> it? It's my then? favorite. It's like my new favorite. The Estee Lauder Double Wear Instant Fix 24-Hour Concealer. And it has the Hydra Prep on the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really loved that one when I had that. For some reason, I didn't know it's a natural satin matte finish with medium to full buildable coverage. That's a really good one. Have you tried that one, Sadaf? I haven't, but when I did the Tired Eyes article, that was initially in there, but they're going to discontinue that, I think. <gasps> oh! Hop on the site now and stock up. Oh, that's good to have that. You need the heads up when things are getting discontinued. I remember when they discontinued the Perfectionist Pro Peel and I nearly fell off my chair. <laughs> Had people damning me going, oh, my God, they're discontinuing it. And I was like, when? <laughs> what? They do have a double wear stay in place flawless wear concealer. I also like that one. So yeah. I was going to say, like, if you don't have super dark, so I can see how you would like that, Hannah. For mm. me, it was mm -hmm. great in terms of the consistency. It was brightening. And I can see how if you don't have super, super dark circles, it's a beautiful concealer. And there's a picture of that in my Estee Lauder article. But for me, I needed something a bit more. But for Matt, I anyone with genetic dark circles, at the moment, I haven't tried all of them on the site, but at the moment, the Makeup Forever Matte Velvet Skin Concealer, it also comes in 22 shades. And the Clinique one is really, really good for like a creamy finish. They're my top two. If you want a cheaper version, more affordable version of the Clinique, the L'Oreal Paris Infallible More Than Concealer. Ah, I've heard good things about that. Yeah, it also offers really good coverage, heavy-duty coverage for dark circles, and it has a really similar consistency to the Clinique. The only okay. difference between them, which I think is worth spending a bit more money on the Clinique one, is that it doesn't last as long. Okay, good to know. And in terms of skin prep, I always make sure my under eyes are really hydrated before I put concealer on because, as you said, they can dry down, they can go a little bit dull, they won't last as long if your skin isn't prepped properly. What's your process with prepping your under eyes for concealer? Similar to you, again, I have to say this up front because I get quite a lot of DMs about this from friends or just random people asking about creasage and concealer. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, well, look, in my opinion, it's creasage is unavoidable. But you can prep as much as you like, and I still do prep, but you're going to get creasage. I have naturally creasy under eyes, so I just like dab it out through the day. Everyone has lines under their eyes of some kind. If I have time, I'll pop on like a brightening eye mask or something underneath just mm -hmm. to like leave a nice smooth canvas underneath or like a hydrating cream, like you said, just to pep it up. One I'm loving at the moment, actually, it's a bit pricey. She's pricey, but the Estee Lauder Matrix, I actually love that in the day. I actually road tested that a few weeks ago, popped it on the day. And then I went to Target at like 6 p.m. And I was like, just looking at myself in my phone. <laughs> it was there and was nourishing my under eyes. It's actually Mm -hmm. so good so that under concealer and then again if I have time I'll just set it with a bit of like translucent powder 
Or something else I love is just spritzing a little bit of the MAC Fix Spray on a mini beauty blender and then dabbing just to keep everything in place. So, yeah, it's still really good to prep, but you will get creasage. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's a very unavoidable reality. My two favorite creams under my eyes are the It Cosmetics Confidence in a Cream for your eyes. It's like in a little tiny, it's like a mini jar of confidence in a cream. Oh, yeah. And the Bobbi Brown Vitamin Enriched Eye Base. That's a really nice one as well. Love that. I think you would like that one, Sadaf. Yes. You've tried it before. Yeah, that's a good one. Now, I also just wanted to touch on color correctors because that's a common thing for dark circles. I've personally used like peachy colored color correctors under my eyes to try and counteract the purple. What do you use? Do you use a color corrector? Are you against them? What's the go? For me personally, they didn't work for me. I've tried a couple different brands and it might just be, look, not all all olive skin tones or deeper skin tones are the same either. Like something, a color corrector might lay down a bit different on my skin or reflect the light differently on my skin as it does to my cousins even who has like a more red undertone to her brown skin. I have more of a yellowy undertone. She loves the Bobbi Brown color corrector for hers. I tried them and they just didn't work for me. So if you are someone who wants like a helping hand with that it doesn't hurt maybe give it a go because the color wheels yeah they work for some skin tones but for me personally I didn't love them I'm just happy yeah Mm -hmm. probably I'm popping on like a brightening concealer just does the trick for me so Megan recommended a red color corrector for deep skin tones an orange for kind of medium skin tones and a peachy for fair skin tones and she said you know they can counteract the darkness you might be experiencing look some people have like more shadowy or like you said purple undertones so Mm. for that kind of a thing it might be worth looking into a color corrector and we have a couple good ones on our site as well namely Mm -hmm. i think the bobby brown ones right yes yep there's also the krylon concealer wheel as well so for fair skin types that's a good option because it's got a few different kinds of tones in there as well as like full coverage concealers I've used that concealer wheel before and it's pretty good yeah I definitely say try it I had to try it to see if it worked for me and for me Mm -hmm. I didn't love them and I found that because I do have super creasy eyes it just settled into my creases a bit more than I like yeah yeah no that's fair it's a good review yeah, <laughs> that's my <laughs> honest review. <laughs> Everyone's going to like something different for their under eyes, but it's also important as well. A lot of people ask me about eye creams for like bags under your eyes, and I don't know if they realize there's a bit of a difference between dark circles and bags. So I would consider a bag is like more of the inflammation. So the the fat pads under your eyes drooping with gravity and then they're becoming more prominent or it can be from tiredness or other factors. So we're kind of in this instance talking about either discoloration or more of a sunken appearance to the eyes when we're talking about dark circles. So, And I think, look, again, love and embrace them and, and find what works for you. But I think for people with, you know, genetic dark circles like mine, like having those concealers to help blur and mask, it really helps a little with your confidence. I'm not going to yeah. lie, you know, yeah. like... I refuse to leave the house without a concealer because Mm -hmm. if I had a penny for every time I didn't wear makeup or went to the shops or went to see someone, they were like, are you okay? Are you sick? Oh, yeah. Not wearing concealer today. (laughs) 
<laughs> We've all been there. There's always a, a middle-aged white man that goes, are you okay? And you're like, shut up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> shut up, Tom. No, but like there's even like non-white men, like an, an ex of mine and, you know, I can say this now because I told him I actually messaged him after this article. I was like, sorry, I just said this to my editor and now it's published in the article. But he's like, that's okay. I'm, I'm glad your, your work's getting, you're using me for content. But he had once said to me, oh, like, geez, you're really carrying like luggage under your eyes. Oh. <laughs> well, I'm glad he's an ex because that's really mean. As much as you can build up self-confidence, like sometimes people's comments do affect yeah. you. Especially if you're already a bit self-conscious about something and then someone says something, it can tip you over the edge. Yeah. Adorbia.com concealers. Let's go. We stand concealers. <laughs> Thanks for joining us again, Sadaf. Thank you so much, Sadaf. So, one of my favorite brands, Joe. What is your product today? Yes, it is one of your favorite brands. I've really been loving Kerastase lately. I ran out of my Chroma Absolute shampoo that I spoke about mm -hmm. quite a few weeks ago now. Absolutely loved that shampoo. And I was given the specific balancing shampoo in the office because I was telling Gerard in our brand's marketing team that I have an oilier scalp now. Basically, my hair's falling out in clumps from coming off the pill. It's just a whole debacle. I'm actually having more issues with my hair than I am with my skin from coming off the pill which is kind of strange. It's a very strange situation, but I can now tell that my hair is thinner, which I hadn't been able to tell before. Anyway, that's a completely different story. We'll touch on that another time. But I started using the Kerastar Specific Balancing Shampoo. Now, this is a clarifying shampoo for oilier scalps, and you can use it if you have kind of dryish ends. So this is one of those ones I would recommend. If you tend to get quite oily through your roots and, you know, you can't stop it from getting dirty and you're kind of washing it the day before and then it's already dirty the next day, but your ends seem quite dry and damaged, this might be a good option for you. So this helps to regulate the overproduction of sebum and it nourishes sensitized areas of the scalp as well. So if you tend to be flaky at the same time, I've been quite itchy on my scalp mm -hmm. recently. And I think it's just the, I'm producing more oil than I ever have. So I'm finding this is working really, really well for me. And I really like the scent of it as well. So I'm going to stay on this until I finish the bottle, see how I go with it. And then I might get back on the Chroma Absolute or the Virtue Recovery Shampoo, which I love. Oil must make your scalp really itchy. I didn't realize this, but I was getting massages in Thailand like all the time. And because mm. I don't really get massages here, they would do the oil massage and then they'd like do your scalp or like near your scalp yes. and I would be like itching like crazy afterwards. My scalp's been so much itchier. Yeah. I actually don't know what it is behind that. Maybe we should look into that but I've got a little trick as well for keeping my hair from getting oily the next day which mm -hmm. I may as well just share now. Well, maybe I should save it for a future episode. Save it for a future episode. Don't give right. don't give it all away. Yeah, okay. All right. Maybe next episode. We'll record it when we're actually in the recording studio. Okay. And then I can show people visually what I do. Yeah. Your product, Hannah, today is one that I absolutely love and always recommend. Well, this was a little follow-up from our boyfriend's skincare mm -hmm. routine, 
because I feel like if your BF isn't on a skincare routine, I feel like if you just got this, this would be such a good introduction to skincare. Mm-hmm. I've tried all of these serums. I think the vitamin B is actually my favorite. Alpha H Vitamin Discovery Kit. It's got four 15 mil Alpha H serums in it. It's got a vitamin A, a vitamin B, a vitamin C, and a vitamin E. The vitamin E is my favorite. I do really like that vitamin E. I just finished the one of the bottles mm. and I really like the vitamin B, which is niacinamide. And I just think that it's like a really good introduction to four really nice ingredients for kind of anyone mm-hmm. really. I, I'm a big fan of Alpha H. So I think their products are all always like live up to the hype. Mm -hmm. And also if you're looking for gifting, I know it's probably, I I hate that we're talking about Christmas, but this could be a really. I've already (laughs) done all of our Christmas planning for our content and it's not even October. (laughs) So depressing. Um, Our content's going to start going out soon, guys, by the way. (laughs) Guys, seriously, working in marketing is sometimes so depressing. Like you're actually talking about Christmas like a year ahead. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you're planning. Really ruins Christmas. (laughs) It really does. This would actually, but on the topic of Christmas, this would be a really good gift for someone that like wants to get into serums and skincare, but doesn't really know where to start. Yep, totally. And really suitable for all age groups, I would say as well. I am obsessed with that vitamin E. I think I've been through like four bottles of it. All right. So you know how I was telling you about the Canadians like ick? Because like we reversed the icks around and said like, what are our icks? Yeah. My boyfriend had about six for me. <laughs> he kept going so after he's... we stopped recording as well. I was like, I'm, enough. <laughs> so like I told you that morning breath was his like mm-hmm. ick his biggest ick, but I actually found out that he has an even bigger ick still related to breath. It's raw onion breath is his like number one ick. I hate raw onion breath (laughs) as well. I never, I will not eat red onion because I can't stand the taste of it lingering on other people's breath. I totally get that. (laughs) So I actually read an article in preparation for this, which is about like, how do you get like rid of onion breath? And I actually discovered that you can't because like you literally can't. So I ate this. I, I went and had a sandwich. <laughs> it was like tomato, <laughs> tomato, cheese, lettuce, and raw onion. Quite a lot of raw mm-hmm. onion, I might add. And I swear, like four hours later, I was like leaning in for a kiss. <laughs> and he, li- he literally like did the biggest. It was like from the, like a bomb had gone off. Like his whole body went bang backwards. <laughs> He was like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> it was like the biggest like gagging sound. And I was like, what's wrong? He's like, that is the most, like the strongest onion. Like I'd never seen anyone react. That surprises me from you. I thought okay. you would brush your teeth Sorry. afterwards. I did then brush my teeth and then I used mouthwash. Yeah. And I went, le- he must be very yeah. sensitive, leaned in for another kiss and he was like, oh, no, it's not no. gone. Maybe it was on your lips or around your mouth or something. It had seeped into your skin. <laughs> and then I had two mints, went in for a kiss again. And he was like, oh, oh my God, uh, nah. He was like. You need to stay away until it. He's really. And then I asked him today, I said, I'm doing a podcast about this. And he's like, I am so, so sensitive to like garlic and onion breath. He said, even when he has garlic and onion breath, he turns himself off. Same, same. (laughs) I can't see garlic I'm okay with. Onion not. It just lingers Mm. in your mouth for so long. Yeah, I get that. 
It really does. I reckon it took probably took until like later, later, later that <laughs> night that it started to dissipate a little bit. I think you've got to eat other things. I don't even think like mints and brushing your teeth, you might have to eat other stuff. This article that I read, it says that it like doesn't last that long. So like it should. Okay. But I honestly, I did all of these things. <laughs> Does it say why it's so pungent? It says it's got compounds that are responsible for bad breath. Allyl methyl sulfide, it's a compound, is released from onions when they are cut. Once eaten, the substance is Uh. absorbed into the bloodstream and emitted through the lungs and skin pores. Uh. And there's also cysteine, I don't know, some other thing that sulfuric compound, which causes an unpleasant odor in the breath almost immediately after the vegetables are eaten. Wow. All right. Well, no more red onion for you then. It wasn't red onion. It was actually a brown, raw brown onion. Really? Yeah. Oh. It's like a typical baguette sandwich in Thailand. Yeah, that's sad for you. All right. Well, Hmm. on that note. I'll see you all next week. Thanks, everyone, for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends. It helps other people to discover us. And also, we really want to know what you thought about this podcast. So if you can leave us a review, that would be much appreciated. Bye.